Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to 100 Yards of Football. If you like the video today, please come in and share it. Our video today is the 2024 NFL Draft prospect, Caleb Williams, quarterback out of the University of Southern California. One more time, if you like the video, please come in and share it. I'm your host, Vincent Turner, and my guest today, as y'all know me, I consider this gentleman the best that does it at any level in my 63 years following the National Football League. What I love about the young man is his worth ethic, his determination. He's got a tremendous story, and we are so blessed to have him here on 100 Yards Football because you know what? At one time, he was a scout with the New York Jets back in 1999. My man, he has a first-round mark.com website, the best that's going on right now in the football world. He's coming to us live out of Key West, Florida, the very talented. The very exciting, Mr. Daniel Kelly. <laughs> How you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm doing well with that intro. <laughs> I'm doing real well, Mr. Turner. Thank you so much for your kind words. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fantastic, man. The football world right now is on fire like the Ohio players. Boy, the last 48 hours has been amazing. With Nick Saban stepping down as the head coach of the University of Alabama, your man who you studied under Bill Belichick after his 24 years with the New England Patriots, he's out. So, man, I'm happy. It's at a perfect time. And, and talking about all these great players that's going to enter the 2024 NLL draft, I'm excited. So let's get started today. What's your observations of Caleb Williams, quarterback of the Southern California Trojans? Well, Mr. Turner, you and I have logged a few miles and I've been in this hot seat before where I'm going to go against the grain and not sing with the choir. Uh, there's about 99.3% of the NFL draft community out there on NFLMockDraftDatabase.com that has Williams ranked as a first round prospect. Uh, but I'm a little bit out of tune. I'll warn you. <laughs> Not singing with the choir. <laughs> but here, here we go. Um, and I'm going to talk very frankly in this show. I'm going to talk like I would if I was in an NFL war room, uh, sitting with a staff of scouts. And uh, because I've, I've, I've studied uh, Caleb Williams extensively. I'd venture to say more than anybody else in America. I've studied every single snap Caleb Williams has taken in 2022 and 2023. And I'm going to jump right into it uh, in the deep end. I'm projecting him as a fourth round value. That's right. Uh, he, he regressed from his 2022 film when I had a, a second round grade on him this last season. Uh, and, and he's more, I look at him more along the lines of being a later round, fourth round developmental project type of prospect. Now I know that's going to break social media. I know that's causing some people to be like, what? But, but here's the thing. Okay. I, I don't just have hot takes. I don't have clickbait. I don't do anything like that, firstroundmock.com. I come with the facts. So let's talk about this. Let's unpack the concerns about Caleb Williams you see on your screen there as you're listening to my voice, okay? Here, here's the concerns. 
number number one, the NFL expectations. Okay, that alone is going to cause Caleb Williams to be a bust. He's going to come into whatever situation he comes into with sky high expectations that he will never realistically be able to reach. It's always going to be an element of disappointment. That why? Well, here's the thing. All we see on social media, it, all we see from mainstream you know, media it, it are these highlights. It looks like he's Superman. It looks like every play he's doing this, that, and the other, running around, flying, throwing the ball deep, making these incredible Houdini type of plays. That's not the full scope of the game film, okay? So that alone, the NFL expectations, really, really scary, will cause him to be a bust. Uh, let's talk about time to throw, uh, and, and that's another one. Time to throw. Caleb Williams' time to throw is 3.21 seconds per PFF. Uh, currently, the slowest time in next-gen stats in the NFL is Justin Fields with the Bears with 3.23 seconds. What does the time to throw have to do with it? Hey, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, get the ball to your hands or you're going to be plastered the National Football League. This guy holds the ball way too long. Uh, that is a huge concern. Every GM and owner has got to have that discussion who's considering drafting Caleb Williams. Uh, the next concern is on tape. He looks like a glorified system quarterback. I did an independent study this year, and, and, and what happened was kind of interesting. Okay, his best games is when he threw short passes 44 to 62 percent of the time. Best games, best completion percentages. Worst games on the other side of the coin were when he threw less than 44 percent of short passes, which completely exposes his inaccuracy at the intermediate, the deep route level. Uh, that's a huge concern because in those games where he struggled, he was between about 55, 55 and 57.5% completion percentage. Huge concern. Another huge concern here, Caleb Williams is not a big game quarterback. Okay. He was two and nine at USC against ranked competition. Huge red flag. Level of competition is big when we're talking about NFL draft rooms and having discussions about players because now he's going to be going up in, into a higher level of competition from college football to the NFL where the game is only faster and more complex. Big concern, not a big game quarterback. Uh, another, another huge concern is fumbles. <laughs> Fumbles. <laughs> That's right. Did I say fumbles? I did, didn't I? Right. Okay. Here we go. Okay. It's 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 32 fumbles in 36 games. Running around recklessly with the ball hasn't done him any favors. Big concern. Uh, another concern is post-game conduct. Okay. There's an old saying in scouting: the game is won or lost from the neck up. This is an issue. When you're talking about drafting a guy and making him the face of your franchise, he's representing your team. He's representing your city. He's supposed to be carrying a locker room full of men to, to the promised land. Okay. Caleb Williams refused to shake hands with Utah after the game. He sat there and pouted on the bench and reportedly refused to shake hands with the other team. Another problem, every piece of information, the evaluation process is like a piece of the puzzle. Another problem, he refuses to talk to reporters after the UCLA game. See a pattern? Number eight, uh, the big thing here uh, is his nature, okay? We can talk about coaching, fixing certain things, blah, 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 but the nature of the individual is concerning. He wants desperately 
to get out of structure when you watch him on film. He wants to get out of structure. He wants to get reckless running the football, which is an increased injury risk. Um, he, he talked down to a fan after the Notre Dame game, calling him a sheep. Um, he painted obscenities. Okay, we got little kids looking up to these guys, role models, painted obscenities on his fingernails prior to games in 2022. And, of course, the infamous moment when he jumps into his mommy's arms after the Washington game and goes into a fetal position and cries is not a good look at all for the face of a franchise. That's got to be something that a lot of teams, all teams, have to have a very frank conversation about. Another thing, inexperience dealing with adversity is another big one. Um, these are Caleb Williams' words, not mine, from, from a Sports Illustrated uh, uh, Los Angeles Times uh, interview. Quote, I've never been in this situation where I'm 7-5 and five and there are no playoff hopes at the end of the season. I'm dealing with it emotionally, dealing with it spiritually and physically. Caleb Williams is telling us, much like Trevor Lawrence told us in 2021 pre-draft when he shouted as loud as anyone could hear, that he didn't really care about winning wasn't his bottom line. Caleb Williams is revealing something to us here. He has a hard time dealing with adversity. He has an inexperience dealing with adversity. Do you want that to be the leader of your locker room and team? Is that the guy that's going to carry you to, to the promised land? A guy who has the inexperience and basically melts down and can't deal with things emotionally, spiritually, and physically? Question mark. Another thing, the Holiday Bowl, okay? Still going. There's still more. The Holiday Bowl. Miller Moss, who? <laughs> Miller Moss, right? Okay, this is a quarterback who came in when Caleb Williams opted out of the Holiday Bowl, and, and he basically caused USC to bounce back, and they were much more spirited, the team was. They said some things, they did some things against a ranked team, number 15, Louisville. They were much better off with Miller Moss, a quarterback, which is terrifying, okay? Because not only that, but Miller Moss in that game throws six touchdown passes, which matched Caleb Williams' career college high uh, at USC. So when we unpack them really simply, the positives, there are positives, folks. That's why America's in love with this guy is there's positives from 30,000 feet. He's got elite arm strength. He's got athleticism. He's got the ability to improvise. He's instinctual, okay? And, and, we, and that's what we all get caught up in all these highlights with Williams on mainstream media, on the social media stuff. And his ball security improved this year. He went from 2.5 average disrupted passes per game in 2022 that I charred down to 1.25 in 2023. Cut that in half. Better ball security. Listen, he's a nifty runner. This is a guy that, that can run all over the place, uh, is, is an increased injury risk, like I said, because he runs so recklessly. And, of course, the, the, the negatives, okay? Here's the negatives. He is underdeveloped as a passer when it comes to the finer points of the position. He's, he, the NFL is all about – because here's the thing. When I watch college quarterbacks, not all college quarterbacks, you know, great ones translate to be great NFL quarterbacks. I watch these prospects through NFL-colored glasses. And, and the NFL is all about a quick time to throw – precise downfield ball placement. And, and, and the problem with, with Caleb Williams is he, he brings a very inconsistent rhythm and tempo to the offense. Plus, he has very inconsistent footwork, which leads to all the downfield ball placement issues. Uh, he's inconsistent, intermediate to deep. Quarterbacks, that's what your job is. Get the ball down the field, inconsistent. 
always looking for the big play, which causes him to visibly and game after game after game on game film to miss wide open underneath wide receivers. And uh, the pass rush really affected him a little too much against Oregon. I, I, when, when he's not in control and, and it's being dictated, the game flow is being dictated to him, he didn't respond that well to that. Here's the summary to wrap it up. And I have a lot of thoughts as we can see on Caleb Williams. But yes, Caleb Williams is an elite athlete, but there is nothing. Hear my voice, nothing generational or elite about Caleb Williams as a passer. We need to be able to separate the two when we're having a discussion on a national level about Caleb Williams. NFL comp, Zach Wilson on a BYU is my NFL comp for him. And he's a fourth round value. And please hear my voice when I say this. Caleb Williams is a bust in the National Football League. You can take that to the bank and cash it. Mr. Turner. Um, you said a lot of things. Um, you know I love you. You know I respect you. I love you what too. Made, what makes our relationship so strong is that people don't know. I respect your opinion and you respect mine. We're not going to agree on everything. So I'm going to start with my case for Caleb Williams. You brought up some good points. Maybe he's a little bit immature. i give you that. But when you talk about a young man that's competitive, a young man that's very young, then this is how these young men, they perform in these days. They up and down. With Caleb Williams, I love him. i tell you why. He was a five-star quarterback coming out of Washington, D.C. He could have went to any school in the country. He went to Oklahoma, who had a five-star star named Spencer Rattler. Now, for whatever reason, Lincoln Riley decided to go with Kayla Williams in that Texas game, the Red River shootout. Oklahoma was down 28-7. to Let's be honest. Spencer Rattler wasn't playing well. Now, this young man hadn't played all year. Fourth or fifth game of the year, and he came in in that game and led Oklahoma to a 55-48 win. So you know what I said? Well, let me follow Oklahoma in this freshman year. Then at the end of the year against Oklahoma State, they lost that football game 37-33. And Caleb Williams was sacked like seven or eight times in that game. But there was a play in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma had, I think, they was on their side of the field. It was like third and 25 at their own 18-yard line. Now, this is what special people do when they're special players. He ripped off like a 67-yard run to get Oklahoma back in the game. They eventually lost that game, but there was two plays that I say, you know what, I became a Caleb Williams fan. Then think about this. He went to Oklahoma now. He didn't go to no other school like, let's say, a Wake Forest or a Duke. He went to a school that's always had that microscope on them through the years, Billy Sims. Keith Jackson, Brad Bowsworth, Barry Switzer. He went there. Then he was following Sam Bradford, Baker Mayfield, and he still performed at a high level as a true freshman. Then his coach got a job at USC, and we all know he was going to transfer out there. But think about the pressure him going to Southern California. John McKay, Sam the Bam Cunningham, Matt Leinert. You're right. He came in with expectations. And what did he do? 
that year, his sophomore year, he won the Heisman. Over 4,500 yards passing. And I'll tell you what, the only reason that USC didn't win the national championship, CDK, you didn't bring up one important point. SC had no defense. They gave up 423 yards a game. They gave up almost 30 points a game. So Caleb Williams is going to play not, I'll say, as you said, a perfect quarterback with all the skill set. He had to make plays. They scored 43 points against Utah. They lost. They scored 46 points against Tulane. They lost. They scored 40, what, 24 against Utah in the Pac-12 train. They lost. He had no defense. And I tell you what, SC really didn't have really talented football players around him, if you want to be honest about it. Then, like I said, he went to a school. It's all about college football history. But I understand he did some immature things throughout the season. But when you said a young man that want to win, competitive, and didn't have a defense, look at who just won a national championship, J.J. McCartney with the University of Michigan. What did he have? A top-flight NFL defense. Michael Penix at Washington, his defense played at a level to get them to the championship game. But Caleb Williams had nothing defensively. Think about the pressure he had every time USC went out there in his last two years offensively. He had to move the ball. They had to score. That's why Lincoln Riley fired his defensive coaches this past season. But the one thing I love about him, and I know jumping up in the stands is very immature. Some of the things his teammates came out and said about him, after the holiday of this year's holiday ball, which he didn't play in. But the one thing, let's go back to his Heisman Trophy speech. When he sat up there, he gave kudos to Stetson Bennett, kudos to C.J. Stroud. He told those two gentlemen right there, you can go back and look at it on YouTube. He said, hey, I love winning this Heisman Trophy but I'd rather be there with y'all playing for that coveted national championship trophy. I know a lot of people mixed on Caleb Williams. He's done some very maybe immature things. I totally agree with you, DK. You're a GM. You'll have some concerns. But to me, make no mistake, this gentleman is a competitor. And I just see him, if he's in the right system and he goes to the right team, he's going to be successful in the National Football League. Because he's a gentleman, people don't talk about it. It's his worth ethic. And I tell you, he puts me in the mind of a gentleman. And everybody knows I'm 63 years old. I don't like to tell my age. But I'll go back. Let me get it right. September 28th, 1985. I'm living in Knoxville, Tennessee. I go see Auburn play Tennessee. Auburn ranked number one at the time. And Tennessee had this quarterback. Same kind of skill set as Caleb Williams. His name was Tony Robinson. Kudos to Bobby Butler, Tallahassee, Florida, Leon High School. And that gentleman put on the show 17 to 30, 259 yards, but had almost another 70 yards scrambling. And he was throwing, as my boy Mark Denham said about Caleb Williams, he was throwing bullets, dimes. Caleb Williams has got that skill set. 
Now, I'm not an NFL scout, and I'm going to give you your flowers today, DK, because you did say Trey Lance in our previous videos would not play up to a level of being a starter in the NFL. But Caleb Williams, I think it's the guy that's got everything you need to be an NFL quarterback, simply because he went to two-story programs. You brought up the words expectations, DK. What quarterback can go into those two programs and play in a high level? And especially, especially, look at the defense. You know this is a team game, DK. Look at USC's defense his two years there. Then go back and look at Oklahoma's defense in his freshman year. I'm just saying, I like the young man. But you the savant here on 100 Yards Football today. And I'm going to say one more thing before I give my final, final words about Caleb Williams. I'm not going to make no mistakes, make no lies here today. There were some things he did later on in the end of the season that made me wonder. But I have to understand, playing in a program at USC, when you came into the season ranked in the top five and you won the Heisman Trophy and you went into that season knowing that you had problems defensively, then that's a lot of pressure for a young man. Only seen him play one bad game, me personally, and that was against Notre Dame. There's no question about it. He played horrible that game. But when you look at the overall picture, the young man stood to the plate every time based on the fact, look at his defense, man. His defense gave up 423 yards this year. Look at the games, even against Washington, they played in the playoff game. They gave up 55 points. Even you brought up the Oregon game. Yeah, he had some flaws in the Oregon game, but they played well enough. He led the team, put up 27 points. Oregon put up 36. Just think about, would we be saying this about Caleb Williams if he had a defense like Michigan? California, YA, the city of Compton, Caleb Williams. I like the young man. Final words, DK, on Kayla Williams today. Absolutely, Mr. Turner. And that's let me begin by saying real quickly that that's one of the things I love about working with you on the show <laughs> is, is, is you, you share your convictions with, with, with the best of them. I've been in those war rooms. And, and the thing I like, too, and I think somebody and everybody on social media can learn from, it's okay to disagree right. as, long, as long as it's respectful. That right. That's fine. And we have a, a you know this thing going on social media where everybody has a name calling all this stuff. That's unnecessary. Just make your point and keep it moving. And, and this is a healthy discussion. I mean, these are all things that need to be brought on to the open discuss, which I love that we're doing here on the show. Uh, you know, when I look at Caleb Williams, you keep talking about, you know, my, my closing remarks, you keep you know, talking about, you know, I would talk like this if I was a room with Bill Belichick, uh, is, is you keep talking about this defense, this horrible defense that, that Caleb Williams had. I keep going back to that Holiday Bowl where a, a guy who I've never even heard of in Miller Moss came in there and bounced that team back in ways that Caleb Williams could not lead them over the last six games of the season. Miller Moss was a nobody out of nowhere they came into that game, and not only did he win against number 15-ranked Louisville with that awful defense, but he also he did it while, while matching Caleb Williams' six touchdown passes, which completely and utterly discredits Caleb Williams and everything he accomplished at USC, if you ask me personally. Um, you know, scouting, 
okay? We used to have this thing at the Jets, and I'll close with this. Uh, Scott Pioli, uh, who was my boss, uh, Bill Parcell's son-in-law, he had a, a scouting, like a, like a grading system in the pro department. We had either an arrow going up or an arrow going down next to the grade. And while the things you talk about, and yes, I will validate what you're saying, Mr. Turner, he, he does have a strong will to win, okay? A raw, immature, strong will to win. The thing with Caleb Williams is he has an arrow going down next to his grade. I understand the 2022 season. I understand the Heisman Trophy. The, the concern I have is he cracked like an egg when the pressure was highest. And he, he had almost went into a, a deep depression. He melted down. He even talked about it, was quoted in a newspaper talking about it. He can't deal with adversity, it seems like. The NFL is all about adversity. He's a guy with an arrow going down. He regressed in, in 2023 on his game film. And I, for one, if I'm any NFL team, I am extremely concerned at the behavior. Because, again, it's not just immaturity. This guy does time after time. It's not a one-off. This guy's. Do you want him going out on a football team and writing, you know, blank the 49ers on his nails? Do you want him jumping into the stands, you know, running up there like Dwayne Haskins did, God rest his soul, during a game? Where are we going with this Caleb Williams thing is my question. He's representing a team, leading a locker room, representing a city, and to me, he does not have what it takes to succeed from the neck up in the National Football League. He will be a bust. I'm as sure of it as I was about Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Kenny Pickett, and all of them, even more so with this guy. I'm not on board with this, and I'll take on any general manager and anybody in media in talking about this topic on any show in America because these are the indisputable facts. And and I, I you know, the worst thing that can happen in closing is a, is a prospect that's overgraded. It doesn't do him any favors. All it does is set him up to fail. Mr. Turner. Outstanding information today here on 100 Yards of Football. I respect your opinion. You know, I always will. I always, Likewise. We, uh, and I love what you say. Um, you've been right. You was right about Kenny Pickett a couple of years ago. I didn't like it. You was right about Trey Lance, what I really didn't like. And you was right about Zach Wilson. But I'm just saying, this young man, I don't think feels those feels in no categories with those uh, quarterbacks that was drafted two years ago, simply because he's a young man that came to Oklahoma and he waited his time. Then he replaced a five-star in a game that was the Red River shootout. And he performed at a high level and led that team to a win. Then the following season, he transferred out there to USC when that's the most – I want to say one of the top two college football programs in the history of this game. This had a microscope on them since the days I was born in this world in 1960. True enough, he has some immaturity, but I think when he goes to the National Football League, depends what team he goes to. He goes to a team that believes in him, obviously, if they take him number one, and the pieces around him. Look like it might be the Chicago Bears. And what I like about the Bears, they already got a real – high-level receiver in D.J. Moore, and then the Bears have another pick at number three, and there's a rumors out that they're going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. And when he ha if he goes to the Bears and he has those two individuals, they're going to be the best receivers he's ever had in his playing career. If you like the video today, please come in and share it. It's been an outstanding video, a lot of great information. 
Special thanks to our producer who made it happen today. The very talented. We call him Babyface Nelson, <laughs> Logan Landers. And the gentleman on the front of the screen. I can't say no more. I'm very, very grateful. And when I say I'm blessed, I've been watching a lot of football over my years, especially the draft. I watch all these guys on ESPN. I watch the NFL Network. But I promise you, if it was a war start today and I had to go up against all those other guys that are supposed to be pundits and experts, I'm taking my man right here from Key West, Florida, Mr. Daniel Kelly. Y'all be blessed here on 100 Yards of Football. Be blessed. Thanks for watching. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.